welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by TheTroveSportsDen.com. Come and hang out and chat with baseball pros. And sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to us, we are recording bright and early on Saturday morning. You are listening to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season three, episode 40, October 10th. And we are a nationally ranked sports card podcast that you're listening to. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host for the program. And I'm joined by, as always, by with my co-host, Drew Pelto. Drew, welcome. Hey, good to be back once again. Drew, hopefully had a good week. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good overall. Yeah, a little, uh, a little calmer than the last couple of weeks have been. There are a lot less stuff going on, which means, you know, finally sit back and do nothing for a night once. But yeah, it's been good. I know it's been, you know, great uh, sports watching on TV. We got the wild card games, baseball wild card games were mm-hmm. fantastic. The the Red Sox, my Red Sox beating the Yankees, which was great. And then the, uh, I was I was worried because we didn't do great against the first game, but against Tampa. But we came out hitting like crazy yesterday. And, and uh, unfortunately, my Dodgers lost to the Giants and, uh, you know, the, the White Sox. So I thought we're going to have a shot this year they're not looking too good so uh you know i love i love playoff baseball and and it's been fun to watch and then we had uh sunday night we had my the patriots almost beat the buccaneers they got the my nick folk clanked one off the the, uh, field goal post Mm -hmm. it was it was a long field goal but you know playing in the rain i think i think it was a a, a, a win for Belichick, and I think he 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 uh, beat Brady, but Brady gets the win in, in, as a team and in, in winning the game. So, uh, you know, sports has been great. You know, it's a great time of year to watch sports. You know, you were mentioning the the uh, Dodgers Giants series. There, can you believe this is the first time they've met in an actual playoff series? I know it's in a hundred whatever years they've yeah. never met in a playoff series. I know. I think the Giants and Dodgers meet uh, that well, the game that Bobby Thompson hit the home run. Shot right. heard around the world. What was that? Fifty four, right? That uh, fifty one. Fifty one. So that was, but that was a that was a playoff game, but not a. I don't know if it was a playoff game. It was a just. It was a game one sixty three, right? Right. Technically, that counts tied. as part of the regular season. And same thing with I think they played like a three game series in the sixties at one point as well. That counted as counts in the regular season there. So this is their first true by the book postseason meeting, which is just like I mean that's crazy to me because. You look at so many great rivalries in baseball, and I mean, Red Sox, Yankees, Giants, Dodgers, and Cubs, Cardinals seem to be like the big three. And to think that the Dodgers and Giants have never met in a playoff series, to me, that kind of boosts that up to number one, just the fact they've never met in something that big. So that's going to make, I think, this series a really, really great one. Yeah, and I, you know what? The Giants have surprised me. Um, they're, they're, a, they're a tough team. They have, yeah. uh, they're pitching. They, they have a very solid lineup. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been a Dodger fan since the 70s. I love Steve Garvey. I'm a huge Steve Garvey fan. I love that infield with Lopes and Russell and Say. And uh, I always rooted for the, the Dodgers because they were playing the Yankees and I hated the Yankees and my Red Sox never had a shot at doing anything. So I, I always thought uh, the Dodgers were, were my second team. So um, it, it, 
you know, I, I'm the Dodgers are, are obviously the 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 uh, you know the hundred hundred foot uh, gorilla or whatever they call it, call that right. They're, yep, they're the yep. team everyone wants to beat this year because they they spend so much money. But um, you know, I love I love baseball football baseball playoffs and uh, you know football. Uh, my um, my fantasy team's doing really well except on one of my teams I have um, Russell Wilson as my quarterback, so I'm in trouble. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's out out eight weeks. But yep. fan, fantasy fantasy is fun. I finished second in my fantasy baseball league, which I'm, nice. I'm very happy. I was literally. I was um, one point out of first with about a week and a half left in the season. And I was one, one home run behind the guy, the guy that actually won it. And then my team kind of uh, faltered a little in the end. I think I ended up like four and a half points out, out of first, but I'll still take second. Second place is money. So it's pretty good. So we got a, we got a a great show for you this week. Uh, We have, uh, Stephen Katsoulis. Stephen is a former producer on uh, all sorts of sports shows. Uh, he's uh, worked for ESPN. He worked for Fox. He worked for Nesson here in Boston. He's worked for all sorts of different sports um, shows as producer and cutting highlights. And we talk a little about that. We talk about he's a TTM collector. So we talk about TTM and uh, it's a, it's a fun interview. I love talking about guys that are passionate about collecting and Steven's one of them. So we have a great, nice, nice fun interview with Steven this week. And then next week uh, I'm going to be interviewing Tony Castro and Tony has written um, like eight books, but he's written a couple of baseball books and he has a brand new book out on Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle talking about it's the 60th anniversary, if you can believe it, of uh, the Roger Maris breaking Babe Ruth's record. So he talks all about Maris and, and Mantle and them coming up and their personalities and uh, how they got along and uh, all sorts of interesting tidbits about Maris and Mantle. And, it, and then he kind of walks through um, the season, but he doesn't go, go, go game by game. It's more, more of a behind the scenes uh, story of the, you know, the relationship between Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. And it's a great book. So we're going to have Tony Castor on next week to talk about his book. And then um, that'll be on Sunday, October 17th. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We have our regular segments. We have our Baker's Dozen segment. We have the, our typical, our Making the Grade segment, which is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community, we have our uh, TTM cast stamp of approval. We have our Vern route minute and we have returns. So we have a lot, a lot to talk about. If you want to text us or send us the feedback, or if you're interested in being a guest, or you want to make a suggestion about the show, or you just want to tell Drew he's awesome because that's, that's what you guys do. Uh, send us a text at 978-729-0662. It's 729 729- uh, uh, 978-729-0662 once again 978-729-0662 or you can email us How's, what's the email address Drew? that would be ttmcast at yahoo.com yeah send us the emails that you can that you can use both those to enter any of our contests as well so we're going to get right into it we're going to get into a baker's dozen <laughs> Baker's Dozen is a summary of what's been going on on the hobby. And as always, it just amazes me every week. You know, I, we do the research. We, you, Drew, you and I are on Facebook and we're on Twitter, on Instagram. 
and there's just so much stuff to talk about. Uh, just to, to cut this down to four or five uh, bullet points is always really hard. Um, one personal thing is I'm heading out to a show in Denham, Massachusetts, uh, Monday, it's Columbus Day. And uh, most people have Monday off, Columbus Day. And uh, Seth Sanders, Tom Seth Sanders is gonna be there, former Celtic, and I have a Celtic ball that I've been working on. I'm gonna have him sign that. And I think Don Marcotte from the Bruins is gonna be on there. So if you're in the Boston area, you wanna head out to a, a show and you got nothing to do on Columbus Day, it's Columbus, it's in Dedham, uh, Dedham Mass, go check it out. Um, you just put in Dedham Mass card show and you can, you can find out all the information on it. I think it's from like nine to three or nine to five or something like that. But uh, I will be there. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna stop by, I'll, I'll be there for a couple hours, probably from like, uh, I don't know, uh, 10 to 1. Uh, I'll be around. I'll probably be wearing a TTM cast t-shirt. Stop by and say hello. I will be the one driving around in my blue scooter. A <laughs> couple other things. Um, uh, PSA, This there was a, a cool um, tidbit that I saw. PSA graded 8,300 over 830,000 cards in September. That was a tough number to get out, Drew. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> they granted 830,883 cards in September, which is unbelievable. So I know they're still way backed up, but to grade that many cards in a month, um, it, it speaks volumes to, to the hobby, don't you think, Drew? It does. Um, I just ran the numbers into the calculator here on my phone. That is 27,696 cards per day across the 30-day month of September. That's if they did not take Sundays off, if they did not take Labor Day off. That's uh, that's a lot. I don't know how many people they have on staff doing that grading and stuff, but my God, that's cranking through a ton. Yeah, in fact, I was on PSA's site the other day, and uh, they're, they're still hiring. <laughs> they're looking for hiring. I don't know if I get the PSA um, newsletter every month. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're always still looking for card graders. So I don't, it's insatiable right now I, in terms of how many uh, people want cards graded. Um, and we'll talk a little more about that later, later in the show. Um, one other thing that I saw that, that is heartening, you know, it's really cool. Uh, Tops is going to be producing cards for um, the Japanese Baseball League, the, the Nippon League, which is their major league. Um, and, you know, in an effort to kind of save the company, I guess, right? You know, internationally, um, baseball cards have always kind of an afterthought. But in uh, Japan and in, in Korea as well, there has been uh, growing, growing interest in cards and collecting. And I know, J you know, Japan has all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards and, and Dragon Ball cards. And they're, they're they, you know, it's in there their um, DNA, so to speak, to collect, right? They, they, know how, they, they know how to collect. So there's never really been a huge major producer of Japanese cards, as far as I know. And Topps is going to be like, well, if we can't own uh, the United States, maybe we'll own the rest of the world. So uh, it, it's, a, it's an interesting um, swerve for them, right? They, they, took, they took a left-hand turn on this one. It is, yeah. I think it's a really smart move for them to be going into that. I mean... Like you said, there's never been, I mean, I know there are some Japanese sets out there, but I know they've never really appeared in the U.S. very much. I don't know how much U.S. cards appear over there either. I'm sure uh, there are probably some, you know, big uh, collectors of some of the players that have been big over there, like Ichiro, for example, maybe even like some Cecil Fielder stuff, Fielder collectors, since I know he's uh, 
had a big year over there before coming back to the U.S. But it's, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's been taking off a lot over the world, uh, all over the place, because uh, if you look at Panini with soccer, it's been kind of the same thing that uh, back around 1992, Score actually put out a set of soccer cards over in Italy, and it, it completely bombed over there. Nobody was interested in it. It didn't sell at all. You can find cases of it today for like the cost of just what we get to ship it to you pretty much. I've picked up one of my own a couple of years ago there, but something's happened in that time though. And now suddenly over in Europe, there's a lot more interest in collecting. So that I could definitely see that being a very big success in Japan now as well. Yeah. And you know, the, the, um, the Nippon league is on cable. I don't know if you get it near you, but uh, I always, when I'm flipping channels, I always see it. And I, I don't sit and watch a whole game, but I'll watch an inning here, here or there. And uh, I'm sure there's people that follow it, just like you follow Australian rules football. And I think that, you know, the, there's an international market uh, that's untapped and, and tops as being progressivist and as opposed to sitting back and just saying, okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to lay over and die. They're, they're being ag- aggressive and uh, being forward thinking and, and kind of thinking out of the box. So it was kind of like you and I were, we're talking the other day, a couple of weeks ago, about you know us collecting. You know, you don't collect. You try not to collect what everyone else is collecting because that's the most. Those are the most expensive things. You you're trying to swerve. You know, swerve when everyone else is going straight, and that's what I've been doing. I know you do the same thing. So um, it doesn't hurt to diversify and to look for other other ways to to make money and keep their their company viable. So um, it's kind of cool. Just just as a side note. My daughter is in a, um, a marketing class at, at Emory. She's a senior, and I forget I forget what um, level of marketing she's taking. But she did a whole project on Tops. She looked at she looked at Tops as a company and how they're marketing themselves and the whole fanat- fanatics thing. And she interviewed uh, um, some people, and, and uh, it was a great a great presentation. So so the apple doesn't fall far far from the tree because I I think when she did it she she had no clue who Topps was you know she knew what Topps was made baseball cards because of me but I don't think she understood what was going on in the market and she uh, she presented it and her her uh, professor was like this is really cool you know it's bringing back to when I was a kid because her professor doesn't isn't a collector like you and I. And, and our listeners, but it was kind of cool. So now we'll, we'll, we'll get off the tangent there. Um, and, and one other thing, our friends at uh, Panini have released every, I think it's it's releasing, in, it's coming out in October. It's uh, the Panini Reckon uh, Basketball set. It's a 2021-22 set. There are 10 uh, packs per box. There are six cards per pack. There are two autographs per box um, coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, I think. And the price of these is only $150 per box, which is very affordable for everyone. I, you know, for a, for a basketball set, I know um, you can't, you still can't get basketball and football cards at most places. I try to get, I tried every week to get them online at Target and I, they, they're sold out as soon as they come up. I, I know you're not a huge basketball guy, um, Drew, but it's, it's nice. Have you seen the cards? They look kind of cool. I haven't yet. I haven't really done much with any of the basketball stuff, but uh, looking back at last year's uh, set here, I've got a cardboard connection up and yeah, there's some really cool designs in there. I mean, a lot of uh, player cutouts with uh, really different backgrounds put in there and everything. So yeah, I think that could be really a uh, really fun product, especially at that kind of a price point. Yeah. The cards, I like the cards. I think I might collect them. I, I'm a, I love basketball. I love watching hoops and um, 
you know, at $150 per box, it's very affordable. Yeah. And if he, even if you get one pretty good auto in the box, then, then, then you can kind of make your money back, so to speak. I know I'm not, you and I aren't selling our cards that we get most of the time, but it, you know, he hates about, he hates to spend all that money on a box and then find out that, you know, this $30 worth of cards in a $300 box, you know? Right. But uh, I'm going to take a look at it when, when it comes out and uh, hopefully my local, local card store has it, but we will check it out. A couple other uh, TTM notes. Venus Williams, who played for the Cardinals and uh, was a great signer, great TTMer uh, for forever, right? So he, he's, he was, yeah. he was like, he was almost automatic. And um, he was, I mean, somebody, so many Hall of Famers, once they get in, it's like usually the moment they get in is when they start charging. And no, I mean, he'd been in for what? Three, four years at least as a Hall of Famer before this. Yep. So he's he's now charging, which which is a shame. And then uh, Pete Ward, who was well, he was a baseball player, right? Outfielder. Yeah, he played with the White Sox. White Sox. So I think the Orioles as well. I think he may have been one yep. of the uh, rookies of the year in the '60s at some point. Yeah. Right. So he is he's not signing anymore because of health reasons, right? He, mm. I, I'm, I, I know he was a, a pretty good signer as well. And then I know I, you know forgive me because I can't remember who who the player, the, the guy, the card was, but somebody sent um, a, a player 38 cards to sign. And Adam I know Jones, he, yes. Adam Jones, that's right, from the Orioles. Mm-hmm. And Adam Jones said, no way. And guys, 38 cards is, is ridiculous. Uh, I, I know I only send two max. I, always, I, I never send more than two cards to a guy, and I never send two of the same card either. I always send two different cards drew i know you 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 kind of a a, a two to three card guy as well um just don't be greedy because you, what you're going to do uh, as a mask you know one or two guys start doing that and it just ruins it for the rest of us it ru- it'll just uh, ruin the hobby uh, a lot of guys that go into uh to uh past pros uh or they're they're charging on their own or they're just going to simply not going to sign anymore so you know, as a public service, guys, don't 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 send out so many cards. Don't be greedy. Leave, leave enough on, on the the table for everyone. Uh, you know, if, if you're making your money uh, uh, via the hobby, via autographs, by selling autographs, that's that's great. But you got to be um, you got to be fair to everyone because these guys, if these guys are signing for nothing, um, they don't they don't want to be taken advantage of. Yeah. I typically top out about four items at most per player. The only time I go more than that is like with those indoor soccer players. Most of those guys are just so grateful to be remembered that I'll just send every card that I have for the sets that I'm working on, which I mean, typically that's still going to top out about four on most guys there as well. But yeah, I mean, I'll send doubles, but I will never send triples at all. If I have, you know, two copies of two different cards, great. I'll send all four of those maybe at most, but yeah, it's like you said, you know, it's all about sustainability with this, the health of the hobby, is more important than the size of your collection. And frankly, the more you send out to guys who and take advantage of them, the less likely they are to sign. And there's not going to be a hobby for long if you keep on going with that stuff. So it'll be a point that, you know, could hit 20 years down the future. It's like, oh, I've got this huge collection. Everything's going to go, so what? So keep it sustainable yep. for everybody possible. Right, I agree. Well, that that, that wraps up our uh, Baker Sussman, but we do have our uh, NFL picks, our weekly picks. So we'll keep it going. Um, we win. Uh, had a crappy week last week. I went two for three. Uh, 
Well, two, two and three, um, Drew went three and two, uh, nothing to write home about. <laughs> we, the Buccaneers screwed us because they didn't get enough, they didn't score enough points. Um, we, you and I split on the Cleveland Browns and Vikings game. We split on the Raiders and Chargers game. Uh, Dallas, the Dallas game, we, we, we both hit that one and the Cardinals and Rams, uh, we split on that one. So, uh, anyway, it was, it was a crappy pick week for both of us, Drew. I think, I think we're not, we're not, we're, 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 we're doing what we do well in TTM and not to, not, hopefully we're not putting any money on any silly game. So don't, <laughs> don't let, don't listen don't, to us, don't invest, but we still have fun with it. So we're going to, we're going to make pick our picks for this week. Drew, I'll let you do the first one. We have the Cowboys are at the New York Giants. They're in New Jersey. The Giants are getting seven points. Uh, what do you uh, they're think? In, they're, they're in Dallas, actually. Oh, they're in Dallas. I apologize. Yes. But uh, I've got the Cowboys on this one as well. I mean, they have been very impressive to start the season there. So, yeah, I keep rolling the hot hand as far as I'm concerned. I mean, seven points against the Giants is not that much to overcome, especially playing at home. I agree. And then the Giants can't score enough points. We'll go right to uh, my New England Patriots who are playing at Houston. The Houston uh, Texans, uh, I want to say Oilers, the Houston Texans are getting eight and a half points. So that that's a lot of points against a Patriots team that has had trouble scoring points against everyone but the Jets. But I I, I don't think Houston's a good team. I You know, they, they might have to put some pressure on the quarterback, but um, I don't see them doing much, so I'm going to take the Patriots. I can't really argue against you there. Yeah, I mean, eight and a half is a lot to overcome. And, yeah, I just, I mean, Houston Houston is a bad football team. I'm sorry to say, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with the Patriots on this one. I agree. We have the New York Jets are playing uh, the Falcons. Uh, it's in um, London. So the game is oh, yeah. early here. It's at 9.30 in the morning here. So with the, it's like 8.30 in the morning for you, Drew. Um, so it's an early morning game. Uh, they are The Falcons are you know, giving three points. So the Jets get three points. Uh, Drew, who do you like? Oh, man. <laughs> this one is a tough one. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to just to give a slight edge to the Falcons in this one, I think. I think they're going to be able to... Uh, over the three points there but god this is this is one that could definitely go either way i agree you know what i was going to take the falcons but i'll take the jets just so we have some different picks here yeah um i think i i think it's a pretty even game when it's three or less don't know right vegas doesn't know um what team jets had they got a win the other uh, cup what last week last week they got the win they won in overtime the falcons uh i've looked okay but I don't know, Matt, Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan. So I'll, I guess I'll go with the Jets. Um, we have the Cleveland Black Browns are playing in LA at the Chargers and they, uh, the Chargers are giving a point and a half. So the Browns are getting a point and a half. Um, the Browns have been kind of schizo, right? One week they look awesome. One another week they, they look like a, they can't score up any points. The Chargers are coming off. Uh, a nice game on Monday night, and they've been playing well. Um, Drew, I'll let you take take the take the pick on this one. The Browns' defense is the only thing that is holding them in right now. I have been on the record since he was in college. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> my boy Baker, don't yes. bad my boy Baker. I've I've been on the record since he was in college that he is a very average quarterback. 
I don't think that he, I mean, he's going to struggle. He's going to have, what's his name? They're Bosa right up in his face. I'm sure there for quite a lot of that game. So, uh, I mean, he struggled massively last week against the Vikings. I have to go with the Chargers then because of that. I mean, the Browns defense is going to keep them right in there in that game close. Chargers take it, though. I agree, and it's only a point and a half. I think the Chargers are a better team. I think the Browns are still a year or two away from from being, you know, a, a playoff team, a perennial playoff team. I think right. they're, they're, they're good. Their defense is good. They're young. Um, they do have a lot of skill guys, and maybe Baker – Mayfield is, is holding the back. I don't know, but not yet. It's not, not time for the Browns. Our last game is the uh, Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are playing the Ravens in uh, Baltimore. Not Baltimore. <laughs> in Baltimore, yeah. Two yep. Baltimore teams, right? The Colts and yep. the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are giving seven points. Uh, the Colts are, I don't know. We don't know a team in the Colts. They're another team. They can't score. They have trouble. Uh, Carson Wentz is is not good, um, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Ravens. I think the Ravens defense, and I think they have just enough on offense to prevail. How about you, Drew? I'll take just to be different on this. I'll take the Colts on it as well. I think the Ravens win on the scoreboard, but I think it's gonna be closer than seven. So there okay. you go. I got to go with the Colts. Uh, uh, that's good. We're we're good with that. All right. So um, our picks are done, and that officially closes out Peter's dozen for the week. And next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. Just a few things going on. Uh, I saw a nice uh, tidbit from our friends at CSG. Uh, they have, uh, this is just packages opened, right? They had a backlog of 4,500 packages that they hadn't even opened yet oh, wow. uh, at, the, at their, their highest. And as of um, the other day, they have at least opened all the packages and, and, and logged them into their system. So now that um, you as, as a collector can track how your grading is, you know, grading is going, where it is through their system and, uh, you know, when it's anticipated. So, you know, I applaud them. They're, they're still uh, a relatively new company in terms of grading. Uh, they've only been grading since February and I don't think they envisioned, um, you know, everything that's happening with uh, PSA and what's been happening in, in, the, in the whole grading community and in the collecting community. And, um, you know, they're doing, they're doing yeoman's work and it, to just get to the point where all the packages have been opened and eliminating all the backlogs, uh, I congratulate them. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's all about sometimes getting in at the right place at the right time. It sounds like they're, uh, they're right there for it. Yep. And they're they're a great community. Uh, another great uh, another great company. Another a great uh, good company. Great company is our friends at ESG Diamond Service Grading. Uh, Diamond Service Grading is a um, you know they're out in California. They do all sorts of cool stuff. They have cool era labels. They also have a a cool thing where you can scan the QR code on your label to view details of your um, grade of what what your grade received why it received that grade and dsg uh, grading diamond service grading is offering an exclusive five dollar coupon for 
TTMCAST listeners, all you have to do is uh, put in the code 4HMUGTZG. It's 4HMUGTZG on the coupon code. And they'll take $5 off each card that they grade. And there's no uh, minimum on that, no maximum on that. So you can use that for 10 cards, 100 cards, 1,000 cards if you want, $5 off. And I've had um, great email responses from a lot of my a lot of listeners that have used dsg and that no one has everyone has raved about it you know their quick turnaround i got a nice scan from a, from a listener the other day he got a 10 on a card he was very happy about that so uh, give dsg grading a shot they are still making needing their their 30-day turnaround uh, they do all sorts of uh, cards they also do Pokemon cards and, and collect those magic collecting cards and all that kind of stuff as well. They also do um, large format cards. So check out uh, Diamond Service Grading. It's dsggrading.com. Use the coupon code 4HMUGTZG on checkout. And the code is available on our website if, uh, you know, if I say it too fast. So <laughs> that wraps up making the grade. Uh, for the week, next up, we announce our contest winner. Let's get the trumpets going. We have a winner. We have a winner. We have a winner. We are giving away an 8 by 10 uh, autographed Antoine Walker photo. Uh, I personally saw him sign it in person right in front of me. So it is authentic. You're not going to get a letter of authenticity or anything, but it is authentic. I will vouch for it. Um, the winner is uh, Neil Bucky. Uh, Neil is uh, Buckeye, I should say. Sorry, Neil. Neil Buckeye. Neil uh, has been a listener for a while. And, um, you know, I want to thank everyone for entering. We had a ton of entries. But, Neil, congratulations. And we will drop the, I'll drop the photo, uh, Antoine Walker photo in the mail to you this week. And uh, congratulations. So, guys, if you want to send us any feedback or questions, I don't want to have a contest this week. We'll do another. We'll do another one next week. I think we'll probably give away a, a Tony Castro book. But um, our text line is nine seven eight seven two nine zero six six two. You can tell Drew how awesome he is, how much better the show is with Drew. Just um, you know, blow smoke up his ass because he really enjoys that. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> well, you can send an email to us at. TTMcast at yahoo.com. Thank you, Drew. Drew's our official email announcer. He he does it better than anyone. So he's got the voice. So again, Neil, con Neil congratulations on your uh, win. And next up is our TTMcast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTMcast stamp of approval. Stamp of approval is just that. We, uh, we like to put our... our uh, are okay, our stamp of approval on stuff. It can be collectible related, it can be sports related, it can be TV shows or movies, it can be food, it can be conscience bands, CDs, all sorts of stuff. So this week I did something, actually yesterday, I did something I hadn't done, Joe Drew, in uh, eight, over 18 months. 18 months is the last time I went to see a movie. Wow. With COVID and, all, and everything. So we, uh, my wife and my son uh, went to see a movie and I actually didn't realize the stupid Red Sox game was, play, was playing at so early. So we went to see a five o'clock movie. So I thought the Red Sox game would be, I'd be, the movie would be done and I'd be able to see the beginning of the Red Sox game. So when I came out, we went 
just I went out, went to see the, came out of the movie, and they had the, it on TV, and I saw that we were losing five to, five to four. And I was like, a five to two, I think. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> it's only the second inning. Yep. yep. So I, I, we rushed home and I got to see the, the rest of the game. But anyway, I went to see uh, the new James Bond movie. It's called No Time to Die. Roger Craig is James Bond. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts because there was, there was there's a major spoiler at the at the end of it. Um, uh, Remy Malek, who was in... Um, he played Freddie Mer Mercury in that Queen movie. He's oh, yeah. the, he's he's the villain. He plays the villain, and obviously there's a bunch of uh, good-looking girls in this movie. They're always in James Bond movies. Um, lots of car chases, lots of shooting shooting them up, and um, you know there's, there's uh, all sorts of cool stuff. It's a it's a long movie. It was a it was like a three three almost a three hour movie. Two on two hours and forty five minutes, I think. And uh, we had a half hour of previews, which I have no idea why they showed a half hour of previews, uh, but I hadn't been to movies in forever. So very enjoyable. Go check it out. No Time to Die. I think it just came out last week, right? It's been, it hasn't been out that long. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get out of the house, if you haven't been to the movies in a while, uh, it's well it's well worth the price of admission. You know, some movies you want to see on the big screen, and the, uh, this is kind of one of them, you know, with the the, the the car chases and the cool scenery and um, the fighting and it was just just a real a, a good movie the story is very good and uh, there is a, a huge there's a huge um, gotcha at the end which I won't I won't reveal the spoiler I won't ruin it for you um, but check it out no no time to die James Bond movie very a very very worthwhile time Drew what's your TKM cast uh, stamp of approval all right mine is this uh, YouTube kind of series i guess kind of a, a series of compilations basically but there's this really great guitarist out there there's a guy named greg koch and he's out of i think wisconsin if i remember right but he does a lot of work for uh fender and just on his own stuff too and for wildwood guitars out of colorado so uh every so often he goes out there and uh puts together a bunch of videos on stuff they have in stock showing it off you know to potentially sell it on their website or just you know in store or whatever but uh it shows him demoing all these different guitars, so many just different ones and awesome ones, just stuff that I'll never be able to afford in my lifetime for some of them, but also some that, you know, probably more toward the average person's price range. But uh, so they've been putting these videos out for years and there's a lot of outtakes from them as well. Some absolutely hilarious stuff. Well, they've put together some compilations of those outtakes and I've been watching those here again this week on YouTube. So uh, I would highly, if you're, if you're a music geek and you're looking for a good laugh, Go and check it out. Just put in Greg Koch Outtakes, K-O-C-H on the last name. Greg Koch Outtakes. I think there's like nine of them so far, and I've watched about seven or eight so far. I haven't checked out the most recent one. There, there may be some after that too, but the dude's, I mean, number one, he's a phenomenal guitarist. Number two, he's freaking hilarious. So highly recommend it. Go and check those out for sure. Cool. I will check it out. Thank you, Drew. And that wraps up TTM Cast stamp of approval. Next up is our Vern Rap Minute. Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap. It uh, 
it's a summary of people who have passed away in the world of celebrity or uh, sports. And we dedicate this to Mr. Vern Rappaway. sent out a TTAM request to him prior to him uh, passing away. Oh no, I sent out, he sent a, he passed away prior to me sending out the TTAM request. I, I always mess that up. <laughs> but uh, we do this as a, a service to our fellow TTMers. This week, we just lost two people in the world of baseball. Um, both the great T-Tamers as well. We lost Eddie Robinson, who was the oldest um, surviving member of the, actually the only surviving member of the 1948 uh, Cleveland Indian uh, championship team. He was a four-time All-Star. He played for seven teams from 1942 to 1957. He was a, a fan, a, a, you know, everyone loved him in terms of T-Tam. He was a great T-Tamer. Mr. Robinson was 100 years old. Um, did you have any Eddie A. Robinson autographs, Drew? I did, actually. He's also a former uh, GM of the Texas Rangers at one point as well and still lives uh, or lived here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. I think he's just over in Fort Worth, if I remember right. But uh, I had held off on sending him to him for a long time because, uh, I mean, he charged five bucks, which, I mean, that's an affordable price and everything. But until fairly recently, I was going just for the freebies and all that. But uh, finally, I got a hold of a 51 Tops card a couple, about a year ago or so. And again, I held off on sending to him because he was writing some political stuff on envelopes and he'd return them. I'm like, I'm no, absolutely not. I'm not going to get involved in any of that. So finally, I think it was like February, March, somewhere around there. I finally sent off to him, but I have a signed 51 tops from him. So uh, that helps continue my whole streak of having at least one tops card signed from the uh, tops base set from every year of its production. That's I just need to get a 2021 now. So yeah. very cool. And then we lost uh, Chuck Hardstein. Chuck was a pitcher. He pitched for the uh, Cubs, Pirates, Cardinals, Red Sox, and Toronto Blue Jays. He pitched from 1966 to 1970. Then he had seven years where he did not pitch. And then he came back in 1977. And as an original, a member of the original Toronto Blue Jays team, he pitched in, in the bullpen from them. And it wasn't just like one outing. I think he pitched a bunch. Of, he, he pitched. He had a bunch of outings that year uh, and, and finished the year off with them. So um, Chuck was uh, 79 years old, and you know I'm, I know he was a good, a pretty good TTMer, and I'm sure a lot of guys got him as uh, getting original Blue Jays because uh, there's uh, those guys are few and far between now, right? So um, did you have a Chuck Hardstein? Anything from Chuck Hard Chuck Hardstein? I don't think I did. Uh, yeah, looking at his stats through though, pitched uh, 13 games out of the bullpen there for that initial uh, Blue Jays team. And in between, from his last game in 1970 to 1977, he was one of the uh, Pacific Coast League players there, played with three teams out of there. So uh, sticking it out in the minor leagues there for a long time just to keep the career going. And, I mean, got to respect somebody who's willing to do that for that long, especially on the PCL then. That was a lot of heavy travel going on around there, too. I mean, you're stretched all over the coast, out to Hawaii, even a little bit inland there out in the west. So uh, to be willing to do that, hey, more power to you there, man. Yeah, I mean, he was never a star, right? He was always kind of a, you know, middle, you know, fifth starter or reliever. Um, but, you know, to, to have the, the gumption and fortitude, right, to, to work, stick, it, stick to it, he must have loved baseball. And, and, and you know, have, have seven years between your last pitch to, in, one, in the majors league and then the, the next pitch, the – seven years later that that's something so mr hardstein uh, we missed he was 79 years old and that wraps up the Vern rap minute our, our condolences go out to friends and family and we are sorry for your loss
Next up is TTM Returns. This week's TTM Returns are brought to you by Sports Card Forum. Find players' addresses, see who's signing, and more, all for free. SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion. TTM Returns is just that. We kind of uh, review our, our, our TTM Returns. This is why Drew and I do this, right? We love talking to you guys. We love collecting. Uh, but we, in all in all, we're, we're TTMers. We love sending out requests and, and getting mail every day. And, uh, you know, my wife is like, you love getting, if you got one one TTM return every day, you'd be happy. And, I, you know, that's true. I don't know about you, Drew. I I, I like when I get one or two, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to get a, a handful, but I, I don't know why. I just like to get one or two. Uh, how about you? It's definitely a lot more manageable than just, you know, one or two, maybe three, but I do enjoy those days, you know, seven, eight, nine that get in there. That's rare as they are, but uh, yeah, I, it's always I've good to have a nice set. I got one. I'll run down mine and then, then uh, we'll, we'll let you do yours. Mine are um, mostly football and I did get one baseball back. So just the side note, I sent out probably 40, 40 TTM requests, uh, maybe, I don't know, three weeks ago now, three or four weeks ago now. And they were probably 30 of them were football and 10 were baseball. And I've gotten a shitload, excuse my French, of football back. But I haven't gotten any baseball back until this one finally came back. I, I, I was getting nervous. I'm like, what would happen? Because what happened is I sent out the 10 baseball one day, and then the next day I sent out 30 football. It just happened the way I, I, I had organized them, you know? So, like, maybe those 10 got lost or not. I don't know what happened. But, I, you know, the U.S. Postal Service, you never know. But I finally got my first baseball back. So I'm going to run down quickly my returns. I got Ted Frick, Ted Frick Jr., he played for the Atlanta Falcons. He signed his name with his number, and then he put rookie under it. It's a 72 Tops card. It's card number 223, and uh, I was pretty. It's pretty cool. I don't know his card. It looks like his. Um, I don't know, like his high school yearbook. I don't, can you see that, Drew? Hang on, let me see. It looks. It looks like his high school high school yearbook picture is, wow. is the card. So, but it was kind of cool. I, I, I always liked the card growing up and I, I was I was very happy to get that back. I got uh, Bob Johnson from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and he sent me back a 77 uh, Topps football card. It's not what I sent out to him. He, I sent out a 73 card and I saw on one of the, um, the boards that somebody had gotten a return from Bob Johnson and they said he included a 70, his own 73 card. So oh, that geez. guy got my 73 card, yep. <laughs> but it's okay. It's, um, I'm not collecting the set or anything. So I saw that he was signing. He signed it in pen, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll thank Bob for, for signing the card. Um, Mike Phillips, who was a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns back in the 70s, I sent him a 73 card. He, I, on the board, it said he was, he, his donation request was $5. So I sent him the five bucks. I got my card back. I got my $5 back. It wasn't signed. He's signing for $20 now. Oh, I don't know. Just take the five bucks, sign my card. And <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, so I got my card back. It's actually, it's a cool in-action card, which is rare for uh, 70s top. So I'm glad I get that back. But I, I, I'm not going to be sending $20 to Mike Phillips, but thank you very much. I got um, a 73 card from... Uh, signed by David Ray. David was a kicker for the LA Rams. He personalized his best wishes, David Ray, 
um, put his number down and LA Rams. Um, David is, I asked David if he wanted to be on the podcast and David's not um, doing too well health, health wise. So we declined, but I did get the card back in a couple of weeks. I got Malcolm Snyder. Malcolm Snyder played for the uh, Falcons and uh, I mean, the Green Bay Packers. And yeah, he was drafted by the Falcons. He signed it in pen. He said he, uh, he signed it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it cursive. He signed it in all block letters, all block letters, which is all right, I guess. Put his number in Green Bay Packers. And I went and I did a little research on uh, Malcolm Snyder. Malcolm Snyder was drafted by the Falcons. He played a couple of years with them. He was a, a guard. Then he went on and played with the Green Bay Packers for a couple of years in the 70s. And then he went on uh, to become an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, wow. <laughs> a very accomplished guy. He went to Stanford. And, uh, you know, when you find out that he was a surgeon, you're like, oh, that's why he's got a crappy signature. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds but like he went to the Mike Nagy Club of signing there because uh, saw one from Mike Nagy where he signs in all caps now, too. It's like, dude, somebody please let him know his caps lock is stuck on there. But, hey, at least yeah. it's readable, you know. <laughs> But I was very happy to get him back. And, I, you know, I always look up with these guys. Uh, sometimes I know the guys. Sometimes I don't. Some of these older football players, you know, 1973, I was, I was a kid. So some of these guys, if, you know, if you weren't a running back or a quarterback wide receiver, I, I don't have recollection of them. You know, a lot of these guys are offensive linemen that are signing for me. And um, so I, I go and try to learn about them. And, you know, anyone that can be six years in the NFL – and then become a successful orthopedic surgeon is something. So uh, Malcolm Snyder uh, was, was kind of cool to sign. He signed his seven, my 73 card. Another 73 card I got is from Mark Nordquist. Mark was a center for the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he signed a nice black Sharpie. And uh, I just got this back yesterday. So I haven't had a chance to really uh, learn much about Mark because I, I didn't I didn't know him. But um, he ended up, uh, let's just see. He was selected in the fifth round in the 1966 draft, and he hasn't missed the game. So he, he played a while, I guess, for the Eagles. Um, and he's, it was, uh, I was very happy to get that back. And then lastly, I got two cards back from uh, Bruce Benedict. Bruce was a catcher for the Atlanta Braves forever, right? He played, he played a lot of years for, for the Braves. Uh, I'm looking at his, his 87 card, for at least from 70. Uh, 74, 74, no, yes, yeah, seven, no, 76, 76 to 87 anyway. I, I, I remember him playing forever. So he signed two cards for me, he signed his 86 tops card and it's 87 tops card. And um, it was, I love getting uh, guys like him, you know, solid MLB players. Um, as I said, I had sent out a bunch of baseball ones as well. I've been sending out a lot of 87 tops. And uh, so I'm waiting for those back. I actually sent out 10, 10 requests um, this week. And then I have two more going out. I have Tim Stoddard, who played for the Orioles. I uh, was I was going to get him at the National, but I missed him at the National. So I'm sending out his rookie card. And then Bailey Howell was a Hall of, Fame, Hall of Famer and played for the Boston Celtics. I have his, 19, I have his 1969 card. Uh, I'm sending out, uh, I don't know, he charges... Ten dollars, but the money goes to charity. So I've got those two going out today. So uh, I'm trying to stay busy and sending out a bunch of TTM requests. Drew, how'd you do for the week? I did pretty decent. Got a six returns total across uh, the week. So 
I'd mentioned on uh, last week's show that I had Nick Solak coming in most likely that day. And yes, indeed, that is what uh, showed up there. Signed both cards I sent. So that was a, a nice uh, 2021 Heritage hit right in there as well. Um, going into the actual uh, middle of the week, I got uh, Brian Kilray. It's a Hockey Hall of Famer, legendary junior coach for the Ottawa 67s. But uh, what's funny with him was he signed all three cards that I sent. They signed them all three on the front and on the back, both. So uh, six signatures there out of that. So kind of a cool thing. It must there. be a hockey thing because a lot. I, I get a bunch of hockey, not a bunch of guys, but I got a few hockey guys that sign on the back. Yeah, I've got a few uh, soccer ones like that to sign on the back or sign on both sides in a few cases there. But hey, I'll take it. I mean, either way, it's a great signature on uh, both sides of it there. Yep. Uh, let's see, you got Jesse Barfield back from a private signing that I got in on through uh, Jamie Bly on uh, sportscollectors.net. It was like $12 for that, but it was a card I needed for one of my sets. And I mean, if you haven't seen uh, Barfield's signature, he's got an absolutely perfect sig. So uh, definitely, if you don't have Barfield in your collection, 12 bucks is too bad for it. Uh, moving on from there, a few that I'd sent out earlier this season to active major leaguers got two of those guys back. First one was Dylan Moore, an outfielder, I believe, for the uh, Seattle Mariners. Got him back. He signed two cards there, including one for my 2021 Heritage set. And Royals pitcher uh, Chris Bubik, I had sent out two for the Heritage set to him. Got those uh, both back. And if only they had come back a week earlier, I would have gotten the duel completed on that. I'll tell you about uh, that here in just a moment. But uh, he's on a duel with uh, Indians pitcher Tristan McKenzie. And uh, so I had two cops. Out. I sent one off to Bubik and I sent one off to McKenzie. Bubik's one has come back now. Still waiting to see if the McKenzie comes at all. But uh, either way, at least, I mean, I may be able to get both back and send them off to each other or something to get yep. one done at least. And the last one was uh, NASCAR driver Austin Dillon. Got a few cards signed back from him that I sent back in April, I think it was. Uh, it was my second attempt on him. My first one got bounced back because I think he had changed teams or the team had a different address or something like that. But second time worked out just fine. Uh, also did a little bit of IP graphing over the weekend as well. You may remember last week I mentioned that I had gotten the Indians on Friday at the uh, last three Indians and Rangers games. So I went down there on Saturday and Sunday as well for the, uh, for the uh, whole series finale there. But uh, Saturday, a little bit of a lighter day there. Uh, pitchers were out for a bit throwing, but didn't, uh, nobody was taking batting practice. I got in there right as the doors opened and they were taking down all of the uh, batting practice uh, cages and stuff. It's like, Okay, that's not a good sign then. But uh, I was fortunate I was able to get uh, Logan Allen, pitcher, just as he was finishing up an interview with a, uh, with a guy down in the field. And uh, pitcher Aaron Savali was doing a little bit of uh, running out in the outfield there as well. And each of them signed a card for me, Savali being on the uh, 2021 Heritage set. So knocked out another one right there. Went up uh, after all that was done up to the uh, – place where they do all the pregame show there for the Rangers and former pitcher Mike Baxick was up there. He's one of the co-hosts of the show. It's usually him, Mark McLemore and one other. I don't remember the uh, woman's name. It's the uh, co-host there at all, but uh, the three of them all together. And uh, I got McLemore on Friday. So I got Baxick on uh, Saturday. I got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, great day there. Also saw Steve Bouchel that I didn't have my cards with me though. And so I just got a picture of, with uh, Bouchel real quick, long time, third baseman there for the Rangers, the Pirates, and the Cubs at various times. Former bench coach as well with the Rangers. I think he works in the front office with the team now. So I went back down on Sunday, and uh, friend of mine said, yeah, Sunday should be decent for getting pitchers. They'll all be out in the outfield throwing. 
And once again, I get down there as the doors open. There is nobody on the field. It's like, okay, because uh, <laughs> it's the last game of the season. There's nobody who has to stay loose for, you know, to be brought into a game on Monday or something like that. So yeah, there was nobody out there at all. Fortunately, just before, uh, a little bit before the game started, um, Tristan McKenzie came out and was standing there signing for everybody. And I had three more cards of him. So I was able to toss those down. He signed all three and all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Arlington is not a good setup for signing at all. But fortunately, McKenzie was cool about it and signed uh, the three cards I had there. Uh, I went back up to the uh, pregame show booth and Steve Bouchel was there co-hosting on Sunday. Fortunately, I remember to bring cards with me because I thought, you know what? Who knows? Maybe he'll show up again. And yeah, I was right. He was there and signed three cards for me then. And uh, so post-game, Usually with major league games, you never see anybody post game at all. If you do, it's going to be outside the ballpark and the Rangers have it so closed off that they bring the buses underneath and everything. You're not going to see anybody ever for any reason. But uh, with it being the final Indians game ever before they became the Guardians, a whole lot of Indians fans are coming down, chanting, let's go try behind the dugout. Players all went in, but then after, after a couple of minutes, McKenzie comes back out, signs for a bunch of people down there again. Savali came back out, signed for a couple of people. Um, there's somebody else. It was a uh, Nick Whitgren signed for like everybody that wanted him. He even gave his, uh, his team sweatshirt to a fan up there as well. Um, so down at the other end, Yu Chang comes out and I tried to run down and get Chang, but just missed out on him. But, uh, more importantly for me, Miles Straw came out there. Straw is in the 2021 heritage set, whereas Chang is not. So given the choice of the two, I will gladly take a Miles Straw signature and he signed my, uh, my, uh, heritage card there as well. So I was able to knock out three set hits there last week. So really happy with that. And uh, nice. definitely was not expecting to get much of anything. I mean, that was what? Let's see. That's uh, five plus 12. That's 17 plus seven. Uh, let's see. 24 autographs. I was able to get that over three days, which uh, 24 autographs is 25 more than I expected to get. So that's uh, that was a pretty good weekend right there. That's awesome. Are you going to do you um, do any of the stars games or the mavericks games is that that's something you're in true or no i used to do a lot of the stars practices because their practice facility was so easy to get um that used to be they had this hallway that went from where the the uh, practice rink you had to walk a player would have to go from the locker room back into the rink and walk down along this uh corridor where they'd set up a rope there so they could have a nice clear path to walk through but you could just line up right along the rope there and players would stop by and sign for everybody well that's changed now. They built a door that goes directly from the locker room to their parking cage. So they don't have to walk by anybody at all. Um, I used to wait sometimes by the back door there. They'll kick you out of that area though, too. And they've got signs and cameras up and they'll send a security guy out to kick you out. So I haven't done a stars practice in probably three years now. And okay. yeah, I'm just really not that interested in doing it anymore because they've made it so hard. They even have now put it on their site saying, please do not stand in the hallway there either. So it's like, even if somebody walks through there, they're going to probably give you the boot from it. So yeah, really not doing a whole lot of uh, in-person hockey anymore. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we're our own worst enemy, right? If it's three or four guys, then, then they're fine with it. But once it becomes a crowd, the, then they get, they get pissed off and they get nervous about things and that's understandable. So, yeah. well, Drew, thank you for the returns. You got any uh, stuff going out this week? Yeah, I've actually uh, got four or five that I need to write here. I mentioned Larry Yellen a couple of weeks ago. Um, I still haven't sent to him because when I looked it up, I found out, oh, he charges five bucks. So I need to get a $5 bill to stick in there for my, to finish off the uh, Jerry Grody and Larry Yellen rookie card. I'm going to try out Sal Bando. I picked up this, uh, what year was this one? Something in the uh, mid-60s, maybe in a 60, 
65, 66, 67, something like that. The A's stars card there. 69, that has, that's 69. 69, okay. So it has Sal Bando, Bert Cabaneris, and Danny Cater all on it. All three very all accessible signed. by mail. They, yeah, exactly. they all signed. Cater so charges, um, and Cabaneris is free, and Bando's awesome. But uh, we've had, I had Bando on the show before you joined us. Yeah, we had so him as a send off to, uh, Yeah, so I'm going to send off to Bando first, then Cabaneris will go Cater uh, with the... Uh, Finish it out there. Cater actually lives not too far from me here in uh, Plano, Texas, but I've gotten him before at five bucks a SIG. So definitely pay that to get him to finish that one off. I'm going to try Oscar Mercado through a home address. Keep my fingers crossed. I hope I'm able to get him back, Indians outfielder. Yep. And a couple other guys with Floyd Wicker and Larry Colton, who are on some uh, late 60s uh, dual rookie cards there from I think it's like the 69 set as well on those guys. A couple of ones that I picked up for cheap at a card show a few weeks ago. So May as well try them out as well and hopefully get a couple of uh, duels started right there. Yeah, as I said, I'm going to head to the show on Monday. So hopefully I, 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 I'm like you. I like I like to go for the quarter 50 cent box and oh, yeah. pick up some stuff to send out. So very cool. Thank you, Drew. And best of luck on those. Uh, next up is our interview. This week's interview is brought to you by the Trove Sports Den. Come and hang out and chat with baseball pros from past and present online. Visit thetrovesportsden.com and join in the fun today. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Stephen Castoulis. Stephen is a TTM collector, a brand, a brand new listener of ours, and he has actually been a, worked as with a producer on ESPN and on Fox Sports and Nesson and all sorts of sports sports shows. So we talk about that. We talk about him him collecting we talk about some boston stuff so um you know we enjoy our interview with steven katsoulis we love to uh, talk to people that are passionate talk to fellow collectors if you're interested in being a guest or want to want to want to come on the show just send me a text at 978-729-0662 you can email me at uh, ttmcast at yahoo.com but first here's a, a quick message from our friends at um csg The CSG Registry is now live and ready for your sports cards. Designed to be the premier online arena for sports card collecting, the CSG Registry is a superior platform to display your CSG certified cards and compete against other collectors to see who has the best sets. Start adding your CSG certified cards now. Visit csgcards.com registry. Joining us on the TTM Cast hotline from his home in South Carolina is transplanted Bostonian. He didn't live in Boston, but he's a Massachusetts guy. He's a UMass grad. He's a collector and a TTMer. And this is a Collector's Corner, guys. We're going to talk with Steve Katsoulis today. Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me on. This is, uh, this is great. I love it. Yeah, I'm very excited. You know, I love talking to people that have a passion for sports and collecting. And uh, you and I have a lot of the same background. We're Boston guys. We went to UMass. Uh, you know, we we're collect we now we collect cards and autographs. So, uh, you know, when re you reach out to me, I was like, oh, I got to talk to this guy. He, him and him and I can talk for hours. Absolutely. So, um, you know, let's let's start with your background. You know, you you're a UMass guy. You went to UMass uh, when Coach Cal was there. Did you write for the Collegian, or did you have any um, uh, interaction with sports at UMass? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. My my freshman year, I actually went to Rhode Island. My freshman year. And that was the Go year. Rams. Went, yeah, and that was the year they went to the Sweet 16 with Tommy Penders and Tommy Garrick, Silk Owens. Um, 
I, I was there for a year and I said, okay, this is cool. I like it here. But why am I paying 10 grand more? I could go to UMass, stay in state. So, uh, so I transferred to UMass. Uh, I was there when Calipari started the same year. Uh, in fact, uh, I got Calipari's autograph. So John Feinstein wrote a book uh, yep. about the year that Rhode Island went to the Sweet 16. And there was a little passage in it uh, about the Pittsburgh team playing in the tournament. Cal was, a, uh, was an assistant then. And apparently they were in the hotel room uh, for one of the tournament games, there was an earthquake. And Cal had always heard that you know, when there's an earthquake, you gotta stand under a door. So <laughs> the coach at the time, I forgot who the coach was at Pitt. He said, you know, I, I wake up and I look over, the, the room's shaking and there's Cal Perry standing in his underwear under a doorway. <laughs> so, one of my first no, not one of his proudest moments, I'm sure. Yeah, probably not. And, well, the funny part is, so when I first got there to UMass, I went over to, I think his office was in Boynton Gymnasium. Yeah. So I went over there and I actually met him as he was moving in and he signed the Feinstein book. So That's I, you know, cool. And, and, and what's funny is I've actually talked to him a few times over the years uh, at the different stops that I've made. I've actually had the chance to, to talk to him. We've talked about that story. We've talked about those early years at UMass and playing at the cage. You know, at one point, the first game I went to, they played Marathon Oil. It was Calipari's first game. There was a little guy on the team named Jim Less who literally would just come up the court, take about three steps inside the half court line and shoot. <laughs> and there were, there were probably about 10 of us in the gym and we were just all over less the whole time. We're like, you stink, who are you? And, and when I told Cal Perry the story, he's like, I remember there were about 10 people behind us, you know, behind the bench, just yelling at some guy on the other team. I'm like, it was Jim Les. So, uh, so yeah, so I was there when he started and I actually did write for the collegian. Um, I wrote, a few articles I remember I wrote about Brian Shaw and my dislike of Brian Shaw when there was that whole controversy with the Celtics uh, in Italy and all that. And I wrote about um, Hank Gathers passing away. Sure. My um, cousin was a cheerleader for Loyola Marymount, was on the court when he collapsed. So, and she actually sent me out of a Bo Kimball uh, autographed um, t-shirt from Loyola Marymount. So I wrote about that. And I also wrote about a guy who didn't play at Rhode Island. He was, he was a red shirt the year I was there, who I got to know named Eric Leslie, a really good guy. Yeah, and I um, so I, I kind of wrote about when Rhode Island came in and that I was going to be the one kind of silent guy because I was, you know, those were my guy. I, you know, I loved Eric Leslie. And so, yeah, so I did do a little bit of writing when I was there. That's cool. You, you, I predated you. I was there from 83 to 87. So I missed all the fun times. My, my brother was there from 88 to 92. And that was uh, he was, a, yeah, he was a sports management major, but uh, he, he was, we, we, in fact, we were talking today. He, he was more interested in partying and drinking and, and chasing girls. Than, <laughs> than <laughs> that happened you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So he, he was interested in that. So after that, I'm, you know, you're, you're, professional career you worked at ESPN and Turner and Fox Sports Prime Ticket and, and Nesson um really being a, a producer right a, a sports producer for all these uh, television networks yeah well so when I was a kid I wanted to be you know I wanted to be 
on camera. I wanted to be the Red Sox announcer. I want, you know, that was the dream. Realized I wasn't really good at talking to nobody. So I said, okay, <laughs> what can it's hard. I, I It is, it is. So, you know, I, I interned at Channel 4 um, with Bob Lobel in 1991. Yeah, guys, that's that's the uh, local NBC affiliate. Um, back in the day, Bob Lobel was probably the, the most uh, popular sports um, caster on the evening news uh, on the 6 and 11 o'clock news. And he was, if he wasn't the most popular sports guy in Boston behind, um, you know, guy like Bob Ryan, you know, he was, he was the guy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I had a chance to intern with him and and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this on Twitter in a couple of weeks, because I have the date. It was October eighth, nineteen ninety one. Thirty years ago, um, him and the producer were out, and before they left to go to dinner, they challenged me to put together the eleven o'clock news, the the, the sportscast. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Obviously, there was you know some things they had to get in. The Bruins were playing that night and everything, and so I, I still have it on VHS. The I ended the show, so Bob at 11.28 or whatever it was, ended the show with, uh, and he said, I, the quote, I still remember it as if it just happened. He said, we, we leave you with, uh, with this. Rodney McCray, an outfielder for the Chicago White Sox, uh, was released today because he refused a minor league assignment. Why did he refuse the minor league assignment? Well, Rodney McRae, you may remember, is the type of guy who would run through a wall for you. And it was the video of him, the minor league guy, running full force through the wall, literally sure. smashed through the wall. And that's how he did it. And then him and the, the newscasters, Jack and Liz, got a great kick out of it. So I, I kind of had to like, I, I got the bug. I'm like, I, I could do this. I, I can do sports and not have to be on the camera. I like that. Yeah. So that's that's how it started. And they, you know, wrote me some recommendations and I ultimately got an interview at ESPN. And uh remember the um the the dream host show, whatever that was where they were looking for the next host. Um Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was like the talent thing. Um I interviewed with the guy who actually was the the main guy on that the the show and I did my interview and I went there and you know, I'm trying to, rem you know, all these things. Are for, what's he going to ask me? And I just remember by the end, I think he told me to shut up because <laughs> I, <was> <laughs> I had so many. I was talking about Don Wakabatsu joining a team because they brought in a knuckleballer and he could catch a knuckleball. I mean, it was just nuts. So, uh, you know, and he said, you know, I don't really have anything right now, but I may have something coming up. And I'm like, OK, great. So I packed up and went to the, to the Cape for the summer because we, we had a, a house on the Cape and I was going to go work at the Sunday school ice cream parlor as, oh, I, did, well. as I did every year. <laughs> and uh, You probably I, I, served I, me an ice cream then. I, yeah, probably. I mean, I was there forever. And so uh, I, I must have been home for two days and I got a phone call saying, hey, we just had an opening come up. I need you here next week. So I packed everything up, moved to ESPN and became a, I went through the PA program which it was just incredible, you know, working with. And, that, and that's the time when ESPN was, was ESPN. Yes, it was the big show. Um, you know, it, the first story or the first highlight I ever cut as a PA was for um, the big show. And Keith Oberman is going to read my, read my highlight. So I don't remember what it was, but I remember I 
cut the, I know there was a reason I don't remember. So I, I cut my highlight. And when you did highlights, you cut Sports Center, you cut the 2 a.m. Sports Center one, which was shorter. You cut a Baseball Tonight one, which was a bigger highlight. So I got my highlight, the big show, it's my debut. I walk into the control room, I, my hand's shaking. I, I hand my shot sheet to, to Keith. And I'm like, we go back and everybody gathers around this, you know, they have a big highlight room. I called it the dungeon, no windows, <laughs> just TVs everywhere. We sit down, everyone's gathered around like, here we go, my first highlight ever. And Keith's like, okay, we go to wherever we're going. And he starts reading, he's like, well, obviously this isn't the right shot sheet. And I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> okay, Dave, my career is over. I'm done, no more. And uh, it was funny because Dan was sitting next to him and Dan said, hey, why don't we watch this highlight together and just, we'll just all enjoy it together. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm, the show ends and I'm just by myself and my hands you know, are in my head. I'm just like, I'm fired. The producer comes over, he's yelling at me. He's been yelling at the highlight supervisors. Who let this happen? Who did? Then over comes Keith. And here comes the, and Keith's a big guy. Oh yeah. Keith comes over and you're the one that did the highlight. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, what's your name? I'm like, uh, Steve Katsoulis. He's like, yeah, what's your name? I'm like Katso. Everyone calls me Katso. It's like, all right, Katso. This ain't brain surgery, dude. Pats me on the back, walks away. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's so, funny. Now during during your time at all these networks, you know, you must have met met some kind of cool personalities and cool athletes. Why don't you run down a few of the athletes that you met and some of the, the guys you enjoyed working with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I just at ESPN, I mean, Chris Myers is a guy that I loved who I not only worked with him there, I ended up working with him at Fox uh, out in LA. Um, just a great guy. Um, you know, it, you meet the athletes for the shows. Like, you know, they had the, the football show, Craig James, was mm -hmm. was one of the studio guys at the time and uh so i remember my dad came up to visit and he was excited to meet craig and you know so so he was really cool and, and from there i went to turner um and actually went to turner got a job working with the goodwill games out in russia so i went out to that russia yeah for a month i was in russia i actually got to see lou Rowe play um for that u.s my, my boy lou, i was there when lou Rowe was there yeah, yeah, Lou, I love Lou. And, uh, but it was funny because he was, he was having issues with the coach, uh, the heck was his name, Raveling, George Raveling from USC was coaching that team. So, but I, you know, I talked to Lou a bunch of times when I was out there and um, came back and worked, uh, I did some brave stuff, uh, working in the booth with Skip Carey, who was there at the time, and uh, Joe Simpson, uh, Don Sutton was doing some stuff as well. Um, I did the Olympics in uh, 96. I did the world feed for baseball. So I did graphics for every non-USA game. So I got to know okay. the Cuban team and which- Yeah, the Dominican team and the oh Japanese team and all those guys. Oh yeah, so, you know, so that was really cool. So I got to do that. And then um, ended up working inside the NBA before it became inside the NBA. So it okay. was just Ernie at the time and we rotated in guests and um, that was ridiculous. We would have people coming through. So the vice president of the company was Michael Jackson, who was the point guard at Georgetown. Back sure. in the, yeah. 
so he was the vice president. So one day, here comes here comes Dikembe Mutombo into the studio, and I just remember I was sitting by a, I was by a closet full of all these tapes. Door opens, in comes uh, Michael and Dikembe, and Michael goes, "Hey Dikembe, I want you to meet Katso." He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" How you doing? And <laughs> he goes. Katzel's the one who does all the highlights. Looks you make looks makes you look good on TV. He's, oh, you're doing, man, you're doing. <laughs> he was hilarious. Patrick Ewing came in wearing this fur coat one day. I, you know, Patrick's what seven two. The fur coat must have been seven six. It was like a trail behind him as he walked. It That's was cool. pretty fun. And then Rodman was on, and Rodman was crazy because there were groupies trying to get in the studio back doors, and it was pretty insane. I, I was at a card show in Wilmington. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the, the uh, Shriners. They have a card show every year. And uh, Rodman was one of the guests signing. And so I was sitting there. And it's in this big room. And I was just sitting there. And it was kind of before everyone had uh, mangled to start signing. And Rodman had came in. And he was standing there. And he looked like I was just kind of looking out in the distance and just in his direction, but I really wasn't looking at him. And he looked like right through me, like he was going to kick my ass. Like, <laughs> what are you look? What are you looking at? And I was like, dude, I'm just sitting there staring at his face. He yeah, was scary. Oh my God. Well, it, quick side note. So when I was out in LA, I was, I was at Newport beach one day and there was this commotion going on over by a tree. And we're like, what the heck is going on? There's all these people over by a tree. There was a guy who had like 10 parrots and one of the parrots, there were a lot like all over his body. One of the parrots was up in a tree and he's screaming at Dennis Rodman because Rodman apparently scared the parrot up into the tree. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on here? It was the weirdest thing. So, but yeah, so at, at Turner, you know, I got a chance to meet a lot of people, but professionally where it really happened was when I went out to Fox and they had just started out Fox Sports News. Yep. Um, you know, and it was the, the premise was we're gonna, we're gonna go to war with ESPN and we're gonna try and beat them and have similar shows. But, uh, you know, so when I first got there as a highlight supervisor, but eventually I became a, a associate producer. But what I did was called the Fox Scope. And basically we would break down games with on-air talent. So I started, the people I was working with were, were um, big game James Worthy. He was with the basketball guy. So yeah. every night I'm working with big game James. Or if it's- a Hopefully as a Celtic fan, you gave it to him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, we, had, we had some fun times talking Celtics later. That's for sure. Celtics Lakers. So um, my hockey guy was Phil Esposito. Love him. Couldn't love Espo more. But, man- We'd be watching a game and I'd be like, Espo, what do you think about that? I'd look over and you'd be asleep. <laughs> like, wake up, wake up. So um, then he, he was ultimately replaced by Craig Simpson. Sure. Um, yeah, long time, you know, Oiler, I think Penguins maybe. Uh, Rob Dibble was my baseball guy when I first yeah. started. Um, but for me, everything really changed um, in 19, I think it was 1997, when they hired Kevin Kennedy to be our, our analyst. And, you know, I, I heard about it on TV that we had hired him. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm going to be working with the guy who managed the Red Sox, you know, two years ago. I'm like, this is going to be incredible. And it really, 
the things I got to do with Kevin, uh, you know, not just in studio where I learned, I, I watched and learned more about baseball than probably anybody ever could. I mean, yeah, it was a, I'm sure it was a great, a great schooling. Oh my, I mean, it was just incredible, but we also went out um, to like the winter meetings and the, the goal being there was to interview all the GMs for all the local Fox regionals, you know, they would say, hey, you know, Fox Sport Detroit wants an interview with Dem Dombrowski. And Kevin would interview Dombrowski. And sometimes I got to do it. It's like Fox Sport, you know, you wouldn't see me on camera. I would just be right. asking questions. But like, I remember Mike Socia, you know, he was there in Anaheim when we did it. And, but the incredible thing was Kevin would sit at it. We would walk into the lobby, sit down. And he was like a magnet. People just came to him, just the number of people I met who would just come and sit at these tables, it was just, it was mind blowing. And, you know, I, one day I'm like, you know, Steve Yeager is sitting at the table with me and, and um, Terry Collins is there. And, you know, um, all the general managers would come and sit. It was just, I, I remember one day we're, we were sitting on a couch in one of the lobbies and guy taps Kevin's shoulders like, hey, Kevin, I don't know if you remember me, I'm Chris Donalds. And Kevin, well, of course I remember you. I put you first <laughs> hand, put you in, base hit. He's like, it, you That's know, so, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. And one of the great ones was we flew into Mealy Island for a, uh, for a, it was the general manager's meeting. And so we're flying from LA. We have a stopover in Jacksonville. We walk to our gate, one person at the gate, D Dusty Baker. Kevin, oh, that was right? cool. So here I am. I'm just the fly on the wall. I'm just listening to these two talk and talk and talk, and it's incredible. And so then we um, we we end up going to Mealy Island, and you know after the day was done, they were long days. We'd go to the local bars, and there were always you know people in there. So we walk in to this one bar, and uh, we go to the there's we walk in. There's two guys sitting at a table in the front, and one of them's Bruce Bochy. We didn't know who the other guy was. So Kevin goes over, says hi. We go to the back and we run into Sean McAdam, who's in the back. And, you know, Sean, yeah. it does, you know, a lot of writing. And so Sean comes over to Kevin and we're talking for a little bit. And he goes, hey, you know who that guy, you know who that is with Bochy? He's like, no. He's like, this is the, this is the wonderkind. His name's Theo Epstein. This is the guy. <laughs> and Kevin's like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, Gammon says he'll be the GM and all this. So. Kevin's like, cool. He's like, Katzo, let's go. Four of us sitting at a table, myself, Kevin, Theo, and, and Bochi, just shooting and drinking the rest of the night. It was like, wow, that was pretty cool. That's so, very neat. Yeah. So, were you collecting back then? Were you collecting back then? Were you collecting cards or autographs back then? So, you know, and the first cards I collected were 1978. That was when I got into it and, and it's funny because I follow a lot of the guys on Twitter and you've had, you know, the, the marks on and uh, you know, Mark Hoyle and I'm not, I'm not into vintage. I'm, I'm into guys I've seen that, you know, so for me, it was set, the 78 set. I grew up, I was a Denny Doyle fan. That was my guy as a kid. I was short. I was a second baseman, loved Denny Doyle. And so my, my dad gets me my 78 and, where's where's Denny where's Denny and I'm like there he is there you know so uh, so that was where I started collecting and you know I, I collected as a kid forever um, you know every year all the Red Sox and but then once I think once I hit college is when I had stopped and 
the interesting thing and, and, and kind of the reason why I have all these autographs was my kids laughing because my, and my wife because we'll be watching something and I'll be like, hey, there's so-and-so. I know that person. I worked with that person. I worked with, you know, I, I always use Moneyball as an example. And, you know, whenever I watch Moneyball, it starts off with a Fox game. You hear Steve Lyons and Steve and I are really good friends. He was another one of my Fox Go guys that I really got to know. So we, uh, so he comes on. The, the woman reporter in the, uh, in the um, locker room who is interviewing the guy playing Dave Justice and the guy walks by, he's like, will you get out of my shot? That's Lisa Guerrero. I produced for Lisa when we used to do the best damn sports show and I, she would do the updates for that show. Um, the guy who I always laugh about is Kenny Medlock, who's the guy who gets to tell Billy Bean, F you, Billy. And he's the one who plays Grady Fuson, who Billy fire, uh, who um, you know Billy Bean fires. Yep. So they just laugh because I know all these. I've met all these people, and so for my fiftieth, you know, because people have said to me, "You should write a book." And you have so many stories. How many people have worked at ESPN, Turner, Fox, ultimately Nesson, uh, you know, and have all these stories and all these people you've worked with? So. I, for my kids, and, and my kids would say, why don't you have pictures? And I try and tell them, well, back when I was doing this, selfies weren't the thing. You just didn't have that, you know? Right, and, you just didn't do it. Right, and, and so I've had just all these memories. So when I turned 50, uh, it'll be three years now in November, I think, two years, whatever it was, um, I decided to try and reach out to as many different talent, analysts, reporters, and athletes that I worked with or I met. And then I did the Denny Doyle caveat of the people I loved, just my favorite athletes. Yep. And I said, I am going to send them five by seven photos. And if they have a card, I'll send them cards. And I said, I'm going to send these out and see how many I can get signed. And, and the one caveat I told to all of them was, you got to sign it to Katzo or to Steve or to Katzo, because it's just, it makes it feel real. And I, you know, I could say to my kids, see, look at, they know who I am. <laughs> see? So I now have this wall that I've been building and, you know, because of COVID it stopped for a while and I picked it back up and, you know, I just got one the other day from Catherine Tappan, who was the Bruins announcer. Um, sure. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, I, Finally got her email because she had moved on from Nesson. So I just have a wall full of people. And it's just, it's, it's pretty incredible um, because most of them, are, I have a story for everybody, you know, and it's, you know, and I try to do it basically almost chronologically, you know, so it starts with, um, it starts with UMass. Well, actually it started with Tommy Garrick. He was, He's one of the first ones from when I went to Rhode Island. Then I have UMass, I have Calipari, I've got Harper Williams, I've got Tony Barbie. So I got those guys that, that were- See, I think cool. you and I are the only ones that know those names. Exactly. <laughs> and my it, brother. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. So, you know, but like I said, I also have these guys that I, that I grew up loving. Um, you know, congratulations on your, your Rick Burleson. I got Rick because a friend of mine is the Brewers announcer um, and 
see, I, it, what's funny is I can go off on so many different tangents. He's the Brewers announcer who sits next to Bob Euchre and Euchre signed uh, a few photos for me that are up on the wall. You know, and, and Euchre's a tough get. He doesn't really sign much, but yep. you know, I'm like, I worked with Jeff at Fox. I'm like, hey, Jeff, uh, you know, what do you think? And he's like, oh yeah, send him my way. So I was on like LinkedIn or something and I saw Jeff was friends with Rick Burleson's son. And I looked him up and his son was uh, like the general manager of something of the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. So I reached out to Jeff. He's like, yeah, here's his email. Email him, tell him I told you to. I did. And he's like, oh yeah, send me whatever you want. I'll have my dad sign it. So I got all these photos and baseball cards signed by him. You know, they're all up on the wall. So, you know, I always, I, cause I, you know, I listen to you guys and, you know, I, I love listening to, to you guys talking about, Hey, I just got this one in and I got that one in and, and I laugh cause I'm like, see, I, I feel like I cheat a little bit because I know so many of these people and I just, it's okay. you gotta use, use your leverage. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, so it's, that's kind of how I built it. And, and I've gone, it's gotten crazy to the point where like, when I was at Nesson, for April Fools, I, re, I, I tracked down the guy that played Sid Finch, who was oh, the, sure. the Sid Finch guy in the April Fools joke for Sports Illustrated. And we had him on the show. So we did a feature because I had my reporters go out and get sound bites from Bobby Valentine and Dave Magadan, who were part of that team when the joke was, you know, was, was going on. And we did a piece. And then I had the guy on on the phone. So for my project, I reached out to him and I sent him some stuff. He wrote, uh, sent me back a whole bunch of photos and all this stuff. So he's up on the wall. You know, when I was 13, I loved Willie Mickey and the Duke. And it's always stayed with me. And there was all those different versions of that song by yep. Terry, Cashman. Terry Cashman. I found Terry Cashman. He signed some stuff for me. Yeah, it's like John McEnroe. I love John McEnroe. And no, again, it's it's kind of unfair because one of my on-air talent was a guy named Patrick O'Neill, who is Tatum O'Neill's half-brother. His dad is Ryan O'Neill. So he was one of my reporters, anchors, or whatever. And so, um, I, quick side story, he calls me up one day from, he was taping something for me downstairs at Fox. And then my phone rings. He's like, hey, Katzo, do me a favor. He's like, can you get me a drive-on from my wife onto the Fox lot? And I'm like, sure, what's her name? He's like, Rebecca D. Mornay. Cool. I'm like, <laughs> no, nice. really. I'm like, no, really. What's her name? He's like, no, it's Rebecca D. Mornay. Five minutes later, Rebecca D. Mornay is sitting at my is sitting at my desk waiting for Patrick to come upstairs. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's pretty crazy. So um, you know, so I, I reached out to John. I just I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna send something to I think it was his academy or something. Sent a couple of photos and a uh, and a tennis card that I had and I said, you know, hey, I worked with Patrick. And he, he sends it back. He wrote, he wrote this great note about Patrick and, you know, and all this. And so it was pretty cool. Do you have any guys that you really want to get that you haven't gotten yet? Yeah, you know, it's what, one of the guys I actually want to get is, is, is Kenny Medlock, um, who, who was the, you know, Grady Fuson in Moneyball. But he was also a pitching coach for one of the minor league teams, like the Sioux Falls team. So I got his minor league card couple of his minor league cards but i'm not sure what his address is so I'm, he's one that i'm i'm trying to track down and you know we actually talked espo somebody 
Phil Esposito is somebody that I lost contact with. Yep. Um, over the years, he moved back to Florida. And uh, I, I emailed him one day, probably a few years after he emailed right back. I know that email doesn't work anymore. So I'm, I don't know, but you know, I know he's doing a signing, which is great. So, you know, he's definitely, um, he's probably one of the biggest people I've worked with who I don't have up on my wall. Um, you know, I've, I just, uh, I got Jackie Slater, um, you know, son plays for the Patriots. Um, you did, know, Jackie, you get Ewing, did you get Ewing or any of the guys we were talking about before? No, I haven't, I did not get any of them yet. Um, I'm still kind of keeping it to the cheating aspect of people that I know I can find easily. Yeah. You know, I know Patrick and, and Dikembe and those type of guys would be hard to get, but there's so many, like one guy really wanted to get for years um, was Gary St. Jean. And Gary was the coach of um, Golden State for years. And the reason I was connected to him was my dad was a, a referee back in the West Springfield area. And Gary okay. was Gary was a coach, um, high school coach. We used to call my dad to come ref his games. He loved my dad. And so when I was a Turner working inside the NBA, he was a guest one night. And I went up to him and I told him the story. He's like, of course I remember Johnny. And uh, he's like, let's call him. So we end up calling my dad. My dad's on the phone talking to the coach of the Warriors. <laughs> Just some random. So, but he got out of coaching. He got out of scouting and I couldn't find him. And then um, Mark Stern. I'm sorry, Mark Stein, Mark Stein who a uh, big basketball writer. Yep. I worked with him one time down here in Charlotte. Uh, he came in to do a piece for ESPN when um, Steph Curry came into town with Del Curry, his dad being the radio announcer. We did a piece on that. And Mark said, hey, you know, uh, Gary St. Jean is the, the analyst uh, for the Warriors. He's like, you know, so let's try and track him down. Sure enough, I got his address, wrote to him. He wrote this great thing, great note back. And so, um, you know, there's a couple of, Keith Oberman is someone that I, I can't find. I can't figure out how to get him. I got Dan Patrick. Um, Did you ever talk collecting with Keith when you, when you guys were working together? Because Keith is a huge collector. Yeah, you know, we talked about, I, I know we did. The main, I remember we talked about the, the Billy Buckner ball. We had a long conversation about that. And, you know, Keith was a guy that kind of kept to himself. And, um, but it's, it's funny because everybody kind of was scared of Keith. Um, and I think that aura was unfair at times. And what was funny is I remember I was sitting at my desk one day, sitting at a computer and the system that we used was called ENPS. That was our, um, how we built our rundowns for our shows and everything. And it would have a top line on it where if somebody sent you a message, it would flash on the top and you would see the message. And I'm just sitting there pounding away. And all of a sudden it flashes and I look up and it says it's from Keith and he goes, Red Sox backup catchers, Dave Schmidt, go. <laughs> and for like, Mark Sullivan, <laughs> exactly. Paul Montgomery. I can do that. I can do that all day. Well, and, and, well, here's what's funny is I can, you know, I got Bob Montgomery over here on the wall because I had him on my Nesson show a bunch of times. I got Mark Sullivan over here because yep, two Mark, good, those are two great TTM guys. They saw oh, Well, and, and what's funny about Mark is um, when I reached out, we did a phone interview with him on some anniversary of the Morgan's magic when he won a game with a walk-off hit on the butt. I don't know if you remember that, but he, I don't remember that. 
he took a pitch off the butt with the bases loaded in, in, the, in the bottom of the ninth. It was a walk-off. So on that anniversary, we tracked him down, had him on the phone and did the piece. So when I was reaching out to him, I said, you know, hey, we did a piece on you and all that. And I'd love to add you to this collection of people that I've had on my show. Or... And so he sent back every, you know, what I had sent him. And he also said, hey, send me that feature if you can. So I'm not at Nesson anymore. So I tracked down my editor who's still there, who put it together. He sent it over to me and I sent it over to Mark. So like two weeks ago, I sent him a little flash drive with the feature on it. That's so, me. <laughs> you know. So well, I'm gonna have to hit you up for your Rolodex so I can you can you can help me book some guests. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hire you as my producer to start booking some guests for me. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you know, one of my really good friends is Mark Gubiza. Um, yep. Yeah, he's that, another good. He's another great TTMer. I mean, he's a he's not even a great TTM. He's great in person. Like people, like, you know, because when I produced, I did a lot of Angels games, and people. This was before you know this is after i was there people will send him you know messages and say hey i got this card can i sign it will you sign it at the game he's like sure whatever you need yeah, i mean just he's he's a fantastic guy um so you know uh, steve Sachs. i worked with steve Sachs for years um, there's another one dave Sachs, right dave Sachs. so <laughs> dave i actually got a couple of cards that i'm going to send to dave um because i got all my steve i had steve actually signed i i Sent him with a photo of the Simpsons. He signed the the Simpsons photo from when he nice. was in that episode. But um, I come into work one day and Steve's on the phone, and I just sit down next to him. He's like, "Katzo, I'm on with my brother Dave. Say hi." He hands me the phone. I'm like, "Hey, Dave, how's it going?" He's like, "Hey, what's <laughs> happening? I hear about you all the time." And I think he owned a lumber company or something. He was talking lumber. <laughs> so, That's but, funny. yeah. No, so, what do you what are you doing now? Are you working in sports down there? No, I'm actually um, I'm actually out of sports. It was more um, the whole work life balance, and you know I have two kids. My son has a disability, so I actually am working for a, a network called INSP. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I haven't. Give it a plug. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's INSP TV, um, and it's it's all old westerns, so it's completely different than what I've ever done before. And I watch Gunsmoke. Um, and what I do is there's two producers and we just take in whatever shows, you know, we go out and buy and we cut them down to fit on our air or we take out bad words or stuff like that. And it's just all old Western. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, um, you know, it, it's completely different, but it gives, gives me that work-life balance. And, you know, I, there's no way I'd be able to do the, the stuff behind me, if I didn't have that, because when you're producing, it's, I mean, it's 24 seven. No, it, I know that because the way the games are played and it's just, it, it's constant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and you get up at nine in the morning to have, cause you, I used to produce the show called, uh, it was sports desk and it was Ness and daily. Um, it was just a nightly show. And every day I got to come up with a show. And if the Red Sox and Bruins or you know, Celtics, or you know, we're Red Sox and Bruins. So when they play, that takes up most of our show. When they don't play, it's, you gotta fill that up and you gotta go find guests. And, you know, we would just have, you know, we, we found, and, and we were competing with our own network. We were competing with the pregame and postgame show. Right. I couldn't go out and get 
Eckersley to be my Nesson Daily, uh, you know, host, he would do stuff for my show, but he wasn't going to be my analyst. So, you know, my analysts were LB, Lyndon Byers, yep. Brian Rose, because he was local, he lived in the area. Brian yep. Leach, Brian Leach, who I just, uh, Brian Leach was the, the one that was the longest it's ever taken me to get an autograph. I sent it to him and it was about a year later it came back. And he's has, a pretty good signer though. I've, I've met him in person and uh, he, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he was, a, he's a great guy. You know? Yeah. I actually sat with Brian Rose at a, a charity event. It, he, he sat right next to me. We shared stories for, for, for the night. So he, he was, I really like uh, Brian. Yeah. He's a really good guy. And he, yeah, he did a lot of charity stuff. I think he's, I think that's what he does. I think he's like in some department that works charities or youth or something like that. Yeah. So. Hey, you know, we've been going for a little while. I, I got one more I want to talk to you about, and then I'm, I'll let you go. Um, I'm just going to name one person, and you, you've you got to fill in the blank of this story, okay? Okay. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> so I'm working out in L.A., and uh, Jimmy Buffett, who I love, Jimmy Buffett is, you know, the bucket list. I got to meet Jimmy Buffett. Been to all these concerts. He's playing Fenway Park, and I'm living in L.A., 2004. And I say, talking to a friend of mine, I said, you know what? I'm going to fly out there. I'm going to go to the concert. I don't care what it costs. I'm going to see Jimmy at Fenway, two of my favorite things. So the music direct director at Fox overhears me saying the story. And he's like, hey, I used to date Jimmy's backup singer, Nadira, way back when. He's like, I'll see if I can track her down and get you tickets. And I'm like, great. And I'm like, I'm not going to wait and find out if we can do it or not. Right. So... <laughs> so the day I'm leaving to fly out, haven't heard anything. So I'm like, not even going to worry about it. You know, whatever. He said he had talked to her. Nothing had happened. I fly out. It's concert day. We go, I go to the concert. And my parents are there. I'm with a friend of mine. We go in and we're walking down the, you know, the, the concourse or, you know, whatever you call it. We go by the will call. And I said, I'm just going to go see so I walk up to the will call, like I'm like, you know, Mr. Important. And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, two tickets. Or, or, um, I'm looking at tickets for uh, Steve Katsoulis. The woman's like, okay, hold on. She turns around. She walks back with all these envelopes, picks up an envelope. I'm like, what? <laughs> he walks back, hands me an envelope that have two tickets that are basically the same tickets I have uh, right off of the front of the stage. Um, one was stage left, almost the same row. The ones we had were stage left. These were stage right, almost the same row. So there was also a pre-show pass. It's 10, 15 minutes before the concert, running as fast as I can to the elevator. <laughs> I go up to the, where this is. I walk in, there's two people in there. There's Mac McAnally, who's the guitarist, and one of the steel drum guys. They're the only two. Jimmy's long gone. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I missed it. And I missed it concert fantastic go to my car i didn't bring my phone with me to the concert you know again this was 2004 it wasn't like i was up there taking pictures i have a message and pick it up it's the music director from fox katza where the f are you where madeira just called she's inviting you to dinner with jimmy before the show oh. i'm like i couldn't believe it my my whole face just, I, I literally got sick. I, so I was 
flying back the next day. So he left Nadira's phone, phone number. We call, left the message, said, listen, we didn't get the message. We, you know, we didn't have my phone and all that. If there's anything, let me know. So I was supposed to fly back the next day. I decided to wait and see if maybe something for the next show. Nothing, don't hear anything. So at night, concert's going on. I'm at, I'm, we're, we're at home watching TV. I'm leaving the next day. But at nine o'clock, the phone rings. My friend goes, it's Nadira. I'm like, it's not Nadira. The concert's going on right now. How can it be Nadira? So we answer it. Hey, listen, um, we're having a post-show party at uh, the, um, the Paradise uh, down by, across from Boston University, yep. Paradise Rock Club. We're going to be there. Swing by the Four Seasons or whatever hotel they were staying in. I'll leave you a couple of wristbands and you get you in. So we're like, oh my gosh, so we hop in a taxi, we go to the Boston, we pick up these wristbands, we go to the Paradise, we walk in, I'm walking down the hallway and I hear Jimmy singing. I'm like, is that Jimmy? We walk around the corner, Jimmy's up on this little stage, a couple of guys, there's 50 people in this room. I'm That's like, cool. this blows my mind. <laughs> like, so we're sitting around and I literally, I was sick. I couldn't swallow. My throat was killing me. Couldn't drink beer. It was all the beer you could drink and all. I couldn't even drink. It was killing me. Nadira comes out and she comes over with uh, Amy Lee, who was the trumpet player or sax player from Boston. She comes over, introduces us and everything. And we're talking and she leaves. We're about to go. I see Nadira come out with Jimmy. Here they come over. And I'm like, oh my God. Jimmy comes over and you know Jimmy probably had a couple just comes over puts his arm around me he's like hey man this is pretty cool huh I'm like yeah this is uh this is incredible (laughs) and we start talking and for some reason we start talking about tattoos and I had seen a video where he had gotten a tattoo out in Newport Beach so I got a tattoo there as well a, a parrot on one of my arms and he's like, so I showed him, he's like, oh yeah, look at mine. I'm like, oh yeah, look at this one. And I showed him one that I got that's this huge one on my arm. He's like, oh my God, that's awesome. I love that. That's incredible. And I said, listen, pull out a Sharpie. And I said, would you sign my arm? I'm going to get it tattooed in. He's like, that'd be awesome. He's like, absolutely. So he signed my arm. And I flew back to LA the next day with, with, um, you know, a cellophane wrap or whatever, all around my arm with this tattoo. And the next day I got it tattooed in. So I all right, show it. Let me see. I gotta see it. I've got I've got Jimmy's autograph. That's totally that is totally hardcore. Guys, he has a Jimmy Buffett's autograph tattooed in his arm underneath the parrot. It is <laughs> that is hardcore, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my that is my favorite autograph story of all time. Yeah. I, real quick, my second favorite autograph story. My parents were in Florida, 1978, in a hotel. They bump into Don Zimmer. It was in the wintertime. Don was doing some sort of a, a signing for Sports Illustrated. And they got to talk, talk to him for a half hour. And there was nobody else around. They talked to him for a half hour, said, oh, we go to the games. So next time you're at a game, have your son. Here's where my wife sits. Have him bring a ball and I'll get the team to sign. So we're like, oh, that's good, whatever, that'll never happen. So next game we go to, you know, summer of 79, we walk over and 
she's there right where she, he said she would be. We told her the story. She's like, oh my God, I'll definitely give this to Don. So we handed her the ball and we walked away and who knows what would ever happen. Three weeks later, a month later, I get a ball in the mail signed by the whole team. Carly Ostremski in green right in the front. And it was really incredible. I mean, just he got right before he got fired. I got another ball in the mail. I don't know if he forgot that he had signed. Or oh, you got two of them? So I got two of them. And so I ended up giving it to stupid me. I gave it to a friend of mine for his birthday. Yeah, like my best buddy. I'm like, yeah. Hey, here you go. Did you, do birthday. you still have the, step, the, the ball? I still have it. Yeah, it's over on my shelf. <laughs> nice. So um, 2000 Subway Series, I'm with Kevin. We're at Yankee Stadium. We're walking, you know, we're, we're on the field. And Don is leaning up against the... Um, up against the batting cage during batting practice. And Kevin knew the story and Kevin says, go tell Don the story, he'll love it. So I'm like, okay. So I, I walk over and I'm like, hi Don, excuse me. And he turns around, he's like, hey, how you doing? I tell him the story, he was crying. Literally, he started crying. He was like so touched that, you know, A, he had done it, B, that I, you know, that it, how excited I was as a you know, 13 year old kid that this had happened. And he was you know, literally had tears coming out of his eyes. That's cool. Yeah. So um, it was better than the time, last one, better than the time when I was at spring training with the angels, Kevin goes down into the dugout, uh, you know, it was after, after practice was done, comes out of the dugout through the tunnel with John McNamara. He comes over with this big smile on his face, Kevin. And I'm like, USOB. And he goes, <laughs> what you do? He goes, hey, John, I want you to meet my producer, Katzo. Huge Red Sox fan. He goes, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was his reaction. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, That's funny. Yeah, so it was, it was funny. So, yeah, so a lot of stories and... Yeah. That's what, well, Steve, thank you for sharing all those stories. We're, taking, we're speaking with Steve Katsoulos. Steve is a TTM collector. He's been sending out TTMs. He's sending out all sorts of um, requests for, for people that he knew. And he's, he's got a, a real meaningful wall now in his man cave. I'm looking at it right now. Some of it is all, all sorts of cool autographs. And uh, thanks for sharing your story about, uh, you know, some of these autographs. It's nice when the autographs are, are personal. It's, you know, I, I try to send out to guys that I like and, uh, you know, I, I, as I think, you know, but I'm collecting a 1978 set yep. autographed. I have over 400 of them. So I'm, I'm working on it and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll swap stories again and have you back on the show. Why don't you let people know how they can follow you either on uh, Facebook or Instagram or online. If they, you know, if they, you want to, they want to reach out to you, uh, feel, feel free to share your social media account. Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I do, most of what I do is on Twitter and it's actually a lot of, um, following of the vintage guys and and um you know i i swap stories a lot with like mark Hoyle and, and mark's awesome yeah i made mark yeah. a multimedia star if you listen yeah. to mark i made you a multimedia star and you know it <laughs> uh and then there's the guy ryan uh fagan who, who does the pack of the day yeah and what's funny is i i, I think i could I, I chime in all the time because i have all these stories with you know, all these different, I try and pick which story I want to tell for some of these guys. So, but I'm on, I'm, I'm on Twitter and it's Katso, K-A-T-S-O M-L-B is my, um, is, is my Twitter handle. So do, how, do you have um, interest in Instagram or Facebook or any other? 
I'm on Facebook, but I haven't done it a lot. Um, okay. Yeah, I just, it's mainly Twitter only because I just don't have the time to, to keep up on the Facebook. And, you know, I've, I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to play out my wall, what it's ultimately going to be and, you know, how to present it to the world. And, you know, I've, I've, I've actually started writing a book and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know. We'll definitely have you on when the book, the book's out. And I think, you know, anytime you get a return, you should post it, post it on Twitter or post yeah. it on Instagram and let people know, um, you know, your stories. It's, it's really cool to share them. And that way you'll get feedback as they come out and you'll know which ones people are really interested in. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a great idea. I just got, I just got Bill Lee and Butch Hops in 78 in recently so yeah billy billy's awesome did he sign earth 2021 on it and i got my i got two earths yeah and but but shots him in fact my brother-in-law was just at a a golf him today and i i sent him a picture uh i met billy at a charity event i'll hold it up for you to see there's me and bill nice nice so i I sent that to my brother-in-law and he was going to share that with bill Billy today. Billy is one of my my favorites all time, right right in my wheelhouse. And I know Butch Hobson's a great uh, TTMer, and I know you were getting uh, Bro Hammer and a couple of other yep. other guys from the '78 set. So um, yeah, and Hobson and Hobson, I, I got Hobson because of you because uh, you know I heard you guys talking about the Chicago Dogs, and I said, well, yep. my league season's ending. I better get this out asap. And yeah, he's a, he's a really great TTMer. So, Steve, you know, keep in touch. Don't be a stranger. Uh, you know, I thank you for your time. Uh, you know, I know we kept you a little longer today because you have so many stories, and <laughs> we'll have you back. We'll 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 swap, we'll swap so many stories. All right. Anytime, anytime. Right, you, you have a good night, and uh, and, and, we'll, and I'll we'll be in touch. Okay. I'll, I'll leave you with my. You know, I every time I hear you, first thing I think of Eddie Andelman. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, that everybody. A, welcome to a, the Sports Huddle. That is a compliment in my eyes. People that aren't from Boston, they don't know Eddie, but Eddie was is a legend and is still a legend, and it's it's great to be compared to him. So thank you very much. My pleasure. All right, that wraps up another edition of TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk cards, uh, autographs, collecting. What else, Drew? We talk everything. We talk everything that is uh, has to do with collecting we talk sports we talk everything so thank you for listening my name is jeff baker i have been your host of the program and uh drew pelto our co-host to join us drew let people know where they can find you of course if you go to dfwgraffer.com that's my website has everything about my collection you can find links to my instagram youtube twitter all that kind of stuff right on there. Just simply dfwgraffer.com. Thanks. To, I, you know, Drew, I ran out of steam this week. I was that that close that closing wasn't my best closing. We're not going to send <laughs> that to the history of broadcasting or anything. So uh, once again, my name is Jeff Baker. I have been your host for the program. Uh, Drew Pelto was our co-host, and we had a, a great time this week. We got to talk to uh, Stephen Katsoulis. Stephen, thank you very much for your time next week, next uh, Sunday, October 17th. We have author Tony Castro. Tony's gonna come on and talk about his brand new book about Marist and Mickey Mantle. It just came out at the end of September. It is a fabulous book. We will talk to him about that. I am gonna be heading to a show on Monday. We'll we'll review um, how I do with the show. Drew, we got anything planned for this week? 
Not a whole lot. Just taking it easy. I'm actually going to a football game uh, this afternoon. Got uh, what are the two teams that are playing in this one this afternoon? Southern and Texas Southern, I think is what it is. It's over at the old, uh, the former Rangers ballpark there. They've converted into a football field, but uh, I'm going to check that out a little bit later on today. All right. Well, enjoy yourself. Uh, ho- hopefully you get some good returns. I, you know, uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging in there. Congratulations to Neil uh, Buckeye for winning the uh, Antoine Walker photo. And I think that's it, Drew. I think we're, we're good to go. Cool. All right. Wishing everyone Many happy returns. We'll talk to you next week. I don't know what happened there, Drew. I was just horrible. <laughs> it happens. I mean, at least you didn't just go like, yeah, we're done here and click off. <laughs> I just ran out of steam. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Like my brain. It happens. Just... I mean, yeah.